and I got four to show you. I'm serious about it. I got four of them. Um, right before we get into the message this morning, we have a video that we would like for you to see. Uh, just take a look. Seven weeks after Jesus the Messiah was crucified and rose from the grave, 40 days he stayed with us, teaching us about God's kingdom, preparing us for what was to come. We watched as he ascended into heaven. Now we would be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. But we would not be alone, for soon he said a gift was coming. The Spirit of God would make his home in our hearts, bringing wisdom, power, and love. Then, as we were gathered on the day of Pentecost, suddenly we heard a sound like the rushing wind. Out of nowhere appeared tongues of fire descending on each of us. It was incredible to behold. We were filled with the Holy Spirit. God was preparing us because the city was filled with devout men from every nation under heaven. They gathered to hear us preach because each man could understand us in his own language and they were amazed. By the power of the Spirit, we were able to tell them the good news about Jesus Christ in their native tongues. That day, 3,000 of them repented and were baptized. None of us had ever done anything like it in our lives. The Holy Spirit is God's free gift for all who come to believe in Him. You too, by the power of the Spirit, can accomplish great things that you would never imagine yourself capable of. In the Spirit we have hope, light, comfort, peace, love, and life. My friend, don't let this powerful gift remain dormant in your life. Listen to it, learn from it, and step out in faith. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning that you alone are the God who empowers. You give us the anointing and the grace to do, Lord, what we cannot do in our own strength. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, God. It is our gift to equip us and to empower us to do what we cannot do in our own flesh. And so this morning, God, I pray, uh, even as we prepare to talk about the Holy Spirit, that you would empower me, baptize me afresh, that the words that come out of my mouth, Father, will be inspired by the Holy Ghost, and that lives will be changed, that people will be impacted, and their faith will swell, and they will do great exploits for you. I pray it. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. If you have your Bibles, take them and turn with me to John, the Gospel of John, chapter number 14, verses 12 through 18. The Gospel of John, chapter number 14, and we'll begin reading in verses 12 through 18. Hallelujah. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Now, think about what Jesus did. He said, you'll do the same thing. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the father may be glorified in the son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, 
keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. As we talk about the Holy Spirit, we have been laying a foundation in recent weeks. And we have been in the middle of a series entitled Spiritual Fitness. And this is the last leg of that series. We talked about the importance of the word of God and applying the word in your life and making sure that you have a regular time of reading the word. We talked about the importance of obeying the word. I mean, no, it's not just enough just to read the word of God and to be familiar with it, but we need to make a commitment to say we're going to obey the word. And so we also had talked about prayer being an important ingredient for every believer if we are going to be the kind of people that really make a difference in the earth. How many know you can't do it without prayer and seeking God? And so we have been talking about those. So today we're going to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. What I like about this particular passage is that Jesus knew that you and I could not live the Christian life. We can't live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. Uh, Early on in my walk with God, I got frustrated on a few occasions to the point that I even thought about going back into the world. Now, this is when I first got to say I was probably maybe two or three years in, in, in my salvation experience. I got frustrated because there was in me this great longing to want to obey God. And I used to, and, and, you know, and I would have, and I, and I realized that even though I was saved, some way, somehow I thought that if I'm saved, you know, I'm supposed to be like a certain way, you know. I'm supposed to think a certain way. I'm supposed to act a certain way. Certain things ought not to be happening in my life if I'm saved. And so one of the things that used to drive me crazy is I used to have this problem. I used to have these evil thoughts that had come into my mind. How many of you have ever had an evil thought that's come into your mind? Mm-hmm. And I would get frustrated because I would have evil. And I would say, Lord, and, then, and, then, and then I, would, I, would, I would get up in the morning. I was sincere. Get up in the morning. Get out my little list of the 10 things that I was going to do today. You know, I have my little list. I'm going to do these things today so I can make sure that I'm pleasing God. But how do you know by the end of the day, I done broke about three or four of them already. Amen. Yeah. And I used to get so frustrated. And I said, you know, I, Lord, and I just said, I can't do this. I can't, you know, Lord, my heart is right. I wanted to, right? But God, you know, like Paul said, the thing that I want to do, I don't do. I find, I find this, this struggle inside of my flesh. And it drove me nuts. Because I said, I, I'm, I'm supposed to be a certain way. Why, 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 God, am I still struggling with certain sins? How many have ever struggled with certain sins in your walk with God? And so, Jesus, hallelujah, he brought me to this place in John chapter 15. I'm not going to have return there for time's sake. But you know where it says that abide in the vine? And I'm, you know, he's the vine and we're the branch. He says, abide in me, for without me you can do nothing. And I begin to think about the analogy abiding in the vine. Because if you ever look at a tree, a vine, the, the branch don't do a whole lot except exist. All the life, the glory of the branch comes from what? The vine. So God says, what you need to be doing instead of coming up with this five-point 
system that you're trying to pull this thing off in your flesh. How many know you can't live this thing in your flesh? You can try all you want to. I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to stop. You can do all of you. And I have many people walking to me to pastor. I fail because you can't do it. You got to abide in the vine. And so what I realized is that the Holy Spirit was God's key. He said, I'm going to send you a helper. You know what the word helper means in the Greek? That's parakletos. That means one that comes alongside to help you to live the life that you are trying and you so desperately want to live. Because if you're saved, you want to walk right. If you're really saved, you want to live right. Are you with me? And so I learned the importance of, of just resting and abiding and learning to listen for his voice. Yes, yes, yes. Jesus put it this way. He says, my sheep hears my voice. Well, how does a sheep hear his voice? Got to know him. So we've been talking about spending time in his presence and spending time in prayer. And, and, and after a while, there's a process before long. You can train yourself to where you can hear the voice of the spirit. You ever hear people say, say, you know, I heard God say it. Now, I know so many crazy people out there who don't have it all together like we do. They think that God don't speak today. Yeah. And I just say, you're crazy. What Bible are you reading that said that God don't speak today? How many, God does speak. He does speak through his word. And he's never going to tell you anything that's going to contradict the word. But, but, but understand something. God still speaks today. God will tell you who to marry. God will tell you where to move. God will tell you what house to buy. God will, God will talk to you if you'll seek him and give him a chance. Yes. He said, you know, he will lead you. And what did he give to help us with that? The Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is that agent that, 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 that helps to guide us and lead us. And he empowers us to do what we cannot do in the flesh. And that's why the devil don't want you to get a revelation of the Holy Spirit. Write this down. You cannot live a successful Christian life without the power of the Holy Ghost. You can't do it. You cannot, listen, you can be as sincere as you want to be. And people are, there are many people that's been, that have sincerely failed. <laughs> you cannot live the Christian life without the power of the Holy Ghost. You can't do it. That's why Jesus said, Jesus, look, I'm not going to leave you like a little orphan. I'm not going to let you alone because, you know, the disciples probably a little bit concerned because I was one of them. I'd be like, wait a minute. I've been with you for three years. You've been teaching us. You've been feeding us. You've been healing us. And now you're talking about you're going to up and leave us. Jesus, no, I'm not going to leave you alone. In fact, he says in one place, it is to your advantage that I go away. And I said, what? So, Lord, what do you mean? Why is it to my advantage that you leave? I mean, I need you here. You know, like, I mean, how many would like to have Jesus here? Jesus said, no, no, it's better. It's expedient. It's better for you that I get up out of here because when I leave, I'm going to bring my, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. He's going to help you because there's one thing when I stand, I talk to you. But, but, you know, it's, a, you know, that scripture verse Jesus said in the Old Testament, he says, there's coming a day. It's coming a time when I want to write my laws in your heart. Yes. Good yes. God Almighty. Nobody have to tell you it's because the Holy Spirit is going to be in you. Yes. He's going to talk to you. This is the way. Walk you in it. No, no, don't go that way. Why? He's living on the inside. So he says, it's better. In fact, he said, now when I go, you can do greater works than me. Come on. How many of you want to believe in that? I want to do greater works. I believe that I can do greater. I mean, I just believe that. I don't believe in the money. I listen. I believe that everything that was available then is available to me today. Are you tracking with me? So I believe that. You see, you can be 
you can live a deficient life, a defeated life, and save and on your way to heaven. Isn't that a shame? I mean, you saved, but you live defeated. <laughs> because you're struggling in the flesh. The Bible says those that are in the flesh cannot please God. So understanding the importance of the Holy Spirit and how it is to operate in your life is critical to you. It, see, sometimes people don't like, people don't talk about it. Maybe people are not talking. I don't really know. But let me tell you something. I know I grew up in a conservative background. What I mean by that is, you know, in old church, I used to grow up bad. You know, nobody be speaking in no tongues. And nobody be talking about nobody healing. Nobody, we don't believe in all that. God ain't doing that today. That's what I grew up in. And so I'm, I'm sorry if I have to disappoint some of y'all, but I don't believe that. I got mad when the devil robbed me. I realized I was being robbed. I said, this is all of it. You know, it's amazing when you start reading the scriptures for yourself. Yeah. And not just listen to what I told, I told a couple of people last night. I said, look, don't ever just take my word for it. That's why I tell you, bring the Bible and read it. Don't just listen to me stand up here and talk to you and say, okay, the pastor said it. I got No, I could be wrong. You better read that Bible for yourself. I'm not offended. I'm not bothered. Pastor, I think you were wrong on that. Let's talk about it. I got no problem with that. Because I want you to be like the Berean church. The Berean people in the book of Acts, they were people that they were studied to find out what Paul was saying. You know, if Pastor Paul show up, you think, Pastor Paul, he planted in church. I'm going to listen to this, brother. No, the Berean, they sit by and say, okay, Paul, I'm hearing you, but, you know, show us. What, what, what does it say that at right here? Apostle Paul, <laughs> who wrote a third of the New Testament. You see. So who is this Holy Spirit? Let's talk about this for a moment. Who is the Holy Spirit? Number one, he is God. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, uh, uh, I don't understand that. Okay, then when you can create your own earth, when you can create billions of people on it, you can hang the planets and create seas, how do you do that? When, I mean, if you can pour that out, then you come talk to me. How do you know there are a lot of things that you can't fully grasp as it relates to God? Amen. He's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, yet they are one. Mm -hmm. yes. And it's important to understand that. You see? I'm Gary the pastor, I'm Gary the policeman, and I'm Gary the father. But all of them make up who? Gary. Are you with me? See, it's God's nature. Number two, the Holy Spirit has feelings. Ephesians 4.30 says this, Grieve not the Holy Spirit by which you have been sealed unto the day of redemption. So how do you grieve the Holy Spirit? So if if you, we, we have this little saying, you know, here that when you really get saved, that's just a little thing we like to joke about. But, you know, when you really get saved, when you grieve the Holy Spirit, there's something in you that you know is not right. You know, you can make the Holy Spirit sorry. You can grieve the Spirit of God. Every time we go outside of what God has said in his word, we make a conscious decision to say, you know what, I'm going to disobey God in this area. Every time we do that, we grieve the Holy Spirit. How many have ever felt like you grieved the Spirit? I've been there. I've done it. I, I mean, I've said things. I wish I could get, 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 get. You know, you just, you know, ever, ever said something came out of your mouth and you just, man, I wish I had a way I can get that back. And you, and you felt terrible about it. Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was telling you beforehand, if you're really honest, don't do it. You know, the Holy Spirit will give you what? Don't do it. Don't, don't say what you're about to say now. No, no, no. Hold off. You better, you better, and you better learn to listen, because if you don't listen, it's going to come back and bite you. Are you with me? So the Holy Spirit is a person. He has feelings. We can hurt the Holy Spirit. 
who lives on the inside of you. He is called the spirit of truth. Let me help you know there's no deception with God. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That means that Jesus, the Bible says Jesus was anointed. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. And when you feel with the Holy Ghost, you walk in truth because the spirit of God is all about truth. There's no deception. There's no manipulation. There's no lying. There's no dishonesty with the Holy Spirit. Amen. He's a spirit of truth. People want to know where the truth is. It's right here. Amen. It's not in Muhammad. It's not in Buddha. It's not in all the things. And they try to say that you can put your trust in others. No, no, no. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And the spirit of God is the spirit of truth. He is a comforter. Another word for that uh, Greek word parakletos is comforter. So the Holy Spirit, he comforts us. I can remember one particular time in this ministry when I'd never been so hurt in my life. And, and I felt like that I could not go on. I was, I was hurting. How many of you have ever been grieving to the point you felt like you weren't going to make it? I mean, and I just felt, I, I don't know if I can take a step. I don't know, God, if I can do this because the pain is so great. And, you know, it was those moments that God just ministered. And he helped me. He comforted me and gave me the grace to go on. Some of you can testify there have been time. And I thought about just throwing in the towel and giving up. But somehow you're still sitting here. You defied the odds. You kept pressing because the Holy Spirit empowered you. And he gave you the grace. To keep on pressing on. So we now we understand who the spirit is. So who is the spirit? Let's talk about what he does. See, it's going to get better and better. It's going to get better and better. Look at your neighbor and say, I know it's right. See, you got to believe that. Turn to John chapter 16, verse 8. I think you're already in the gospel of John. The first thing is the Holy Spirit, number one, here's what he does. He convicts the world of sin. Come on. Read, I'm going to read verses, uh, verse 8, John 16, 8. Look, look at this. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I do, I go to my father and you see me no more, of judgment because the rule of this world is judge. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. So the Holy Spirit, he convicts the world of sin. You know, when you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, your life is supposed to be a conviction to somebody who ain't doing right. See, I got folks on the job. You know, they're cursing around me. Oh, pass, I'm sorry. <laughs> and why do they do that? They do that just because I look like I'm anointed? No, they don't do that, you know, because there's something in my life that demands it. Because, see, the Holy Spirit, see, you and I, see, the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes to convict of sin. So when people know, people know when they're doing wrong. They really do know it. Because there's, there's, a, there, there's a grace that God gives to even unbelievers to let them know that what you are doing is wrong. And when you show up on the scene with your sanctified, holy self, filled with the Holy Ghost, and people want to start acting up around you, they think twice about it. Come on. They should be th people shouldn't be sitting around you comfortably. When you really get saved, let me tell you something. When you really get saved, watch this. You know, people are not comfortable sitting around you. They won't wait. I've even had people say, look, I want to go to lunch with me. No, brother, I want to go to lunch with you. <laughs> Why do you want to go to lunch with me? I remember, I remember a couple of times I felt bad because people didn't want to hang out with me. Why do you want to hang out with me? Because I realized that what I'm talking about and what they're talking about are two different things. They don't want to be convicted of what they're talking about. 
Because I ain't going to sit here and listen to you talk about some other woman and you're married. Come on. I'm not going to listen to you take the Lord's name in vain. I say it to him all the time. People, oh, they got cursing mother. You know, God, you know what? And I said, well, wait a minute. What did God have to do with that? Don't be taking the Lord's name in vain. They don't want to be around me. You know why? Because my life is a conviction to them. See, that's the Holy Spirit. What did he do? He lived to convict of sin. And so if your life ain't convicting people, okay, number two. Uh, he regenerates. He regenerates. Ephesians chapter 1. Now watch this. I love this verse. Ephesians chapter 1. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1 verses 13 through 14. Ephesians 1 verses 13 through 14. I love this verse. In him you also trusted. Now I want you to hear this. In him, in Jesus, is talking about here, if you read it in its context, you also trust it. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. So you heard the word, you trusted, in whom also having believed. How many say I believe? You were then, watch this, sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Who is the guarantee, or watch this, the deposit of our inheritance. And to the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So watch this. So what if you're saved, and I suspect all of you, I'm just going to confess that we're all saved. Hallelujah. Every born again believer have the Holy Spirit living down on the inside of them. Jesus put it this way. Uh, in fact, I think the Apostle Paul said in Romans, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, none of his. So every believer has the Holy Spirit living down on the inside of them. Every believer. And I like what this scripture says because it says that after you trusted and you believe, then, you know, because how many know that every, every one of us as believers, there's an inheritance for you. An inheritance of eternal salvation that no one can ever take from you. You get saved, you get born into the kingdom of God. There's an inheritance that await us. Eternal. Not made with men's hands, but eternal, spiritual, reserved for you and I. He said, here's what he said. He said, now, you belong to me, and to show you how serious I am about giving you the inheritance that I promise you, I'm going to deposit into you my Holy Spirit. My Holy Spirit is the deposit, the down payment to let you know that what I said, I'm going to bring it to pass. Are you with me? So his Holy Spirit is God's deposit to let us know that we belong. God said, you belong to me. See, one thing, we went to buy, get our new building. The, 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 the landlord said to me, well, I, I, I need to know how serious you are about this. So, you know, you need to give me $7,000 up front. I said, why well, I got to give you $7,000 up front? Can you like spread it? He said, no, because that let me know that you're serious. Because if you don't make the deposit, then you can't, you can't, you can't do this. But when you make the deposit... That let me know we're in business now. So God said, I'm going to make a deposit. The guarantee. My Holy Spirit inside of you. To guarantee you belong to me. And I'm going to give you the inheritance that I promise you. Hallelujah. I mean, no, God is not a man that he should lie. Somebody ought to say amen. It's not a man that he should lie. Third point. The Holy Spirit. He is our leader. Look at this. Romans 8, Romans 8, turn there very quickly if you will. Romans 8, verse 14. 
Look at this. He is our leader. Watch this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you, and I'll keep reading. I don't think she have it there but because I didn't give it to her. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Daddy or Abba, Father. The Spirit of self bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, watch this, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together. Hallelujah. So he is our leader. So the Holy Spirit, he leads us. He guides us. He tells us where to go, what to do. I don't care what people say. Well, the Holy Spirit, yes, he does. Do you hear me? The Holy Spirit speaks. Because he said, he said, I will lead you and I will guide you with my eye. So God leads us. He shows us what direction to go in. That's, one, that's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Because we don't, we don't know what we're supposed to be doing half the time, if we're really honest. Most of us, we're just lost. We're just winging it. On a wing of a prayer, they should say. But the Holy Spirit, his thing, he's our leader. He leads us and guides us and shows us where to go. In fact, if you have, uh, turn to Acts chapter 13, I think she might have it. Uh, Acts chapter 13, uh, verses, uh, look, look at this. Now watch this. Show you how the Holy Spirit does. Now, we know that the Holy Spirit, that God speaks with his word. But I also told you that you are not finding the Bible where God will say, Brother Vincent, in 2010, July 6th, I want you to uh, uh, move to Hawaii. Now, Brother Vincent might say, well, I think that's of God, but I was, you know. <laughs> but there's nothing in the Bible that says specifically that Brother Vincent is to move to Hawaii. So there's that, there's that part. Well, so what do you do on your, in your daily life when you're trying to make a decision about job and occupation and marriage? And, I don't know. God speaks about that. Look at this. Now, in the church, that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Now, I want you to watch this now. Barnabas, Simon, who was called Niger, Lucius, a Cyrene, Mahan, and who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord. Now, these men are ministering. They're fasting. Watch this. To the Lord and fasted. The who said the Holy Spirit said. See? Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them to do. Now what were they doing? They were they were praying and they were fasting and they were seeking God. You see, as we enter into this period of 40 day fast and praying, you gotta believe God's gonna talk to me. I mean you gotta believe it. You gotta believe, you know what? I'm believing God for revelation, for answers about, and I know I'm going to get it. You got to have a kind of tenac- a, 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 a tenaciousness in your spirit that says, you know what? I'm going to get. You got sometimes you got to wrestle with this thing because God wants. Listen, God wants to talk, but here, here's the problem: most of the time we ain't listening. He's always talking, but you know it's like being on. It's like riding in your car. You know, you turn the radio radio station on. You know, you, you know how you flip. The channels you're trying to find your favorite Christian channel to listen to, because y'all say, right? <laughs> Why y'all laughing? You know, Amen. you know. In order to hear that channel, you got to be in tune. You got you got to get on the right channel. See, what happens with that is we're a lot of times we're not on the right channel, so we can't hear God because we're not in tune with the Spirit. So you can't get in tune in just a moment. How many know it's a process? Amen. You have to train yourself to hear God, but God to speak because He says. These are those who are led by the Spirit of God. These are God's children. God's children are led by His Holy Spirit. 
So there's sometimes, you know, I just move, I, you know, I just sometimes I just sense the spirit saying something. I don't ask questions no more. Well, let me think. Let me, let me go run this through brother so-and-so and sister. So, no, no. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. I'm going on with what I believe God said to me. If I'm going the wrong way, how many know God know how to ring my bell? Amen. He know how to get my attention. He know how thick-headed I am sometimes. He know how thick-headed you are sometimes too. <laughs> Hallelujah. But he, he will speak to you and he will lead you just like he did with Paul and Barnabas. When he said, the Holy Spirit said, look, separate these brothers. I call them to a great work. Number four, he'll bring all things to your remembrance. Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 25 and 26. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father was sent in my name, he will teach you all things. Did y'all know the Holy Spirit does all this? He will teach you all things to bring to your remembrance, all things that I said to you. Now. If he's going to bring all things that he said to me, so I need to know what he said. Right? Make sense? So if I don't know what he said, it probably ain't going to come to my remembrance. <laughs> so, I got, that's why we said, we got to make some time to know what he says. He said, now, now once, that's why we always say get the word in you. Once you get the word in you, then the Holy, then the Holy Spirit has something to draw from. Because there have been times I've been walking, and I, and, you know, I, I might have read something two months ago, a month or two, three weeks ago, and the Holy Spirit bring you remember using that, 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 that study time with me? And I said, that's right, I remember. The Holy Spirit will bring stuff to your remembrance. In fact, there's one scripture in the Bible said that when Jesus was talking to the disciples, he said, look, when you get brought up before all the, the men, when they try to persecute you, don't even meditate on what you're going to say. Don't even, that, that my spirit is going to speak right through you. Because you've been in this thing. Hallelujah. Yeah. You've been walking with me. You've been talking with me. You've been in the Word. So you know what? I'm going to bring it to a minute. It ain't going to be you speaking. I'm going to speak right through you. Because you've allowed yourself to position yourself so the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. I mean, no, he want to lead you. He want to guide you. But you got to say, Holy Spirit, have your way. And we, we say that sometimes. But do we really mean it? Because the Holy Spirit is going to lead you in the places that's going to be uncomfortable. Yes. Do you not know it was the spirit of God that led Jesus in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days? Jesus fasted and praying 40 days. I mean, I told you I don't like that fasting thing. 40 days. See, sometimes the Holy Spirit is going to ask you to do stuff. You're like, I don't want to do that. I ain't trying to do all that, Lord. Say my rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And then we get on the phone and talk to somebody who we know halfway walking with the Lord. Confirm this for me. <laughs> I'm just having a little fun. You know, you know, you know how we do. You know, so the Holy Spirit, gonna come, the Holy Spirit, gonna come. He's gonna put. The, he's gonna say to you, "Don't do this. And don't do that." And you have to be able to say, "Okay, you know, I'm gonna have to do this." But you just need to go in there and hug that person and say you love them. I ain't trying to do that. Do it anyway. Well, that got to be the devil. The devil got to be there. God ain't speaking to me. The way they treated me, no way. You, you see. So just say, next time the Holy Spirit leads you, just say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do it. It don't make sense to me, but I'm going to die. Because, see, the more you do that, the more you'll be precise in your decision making. Because you'll be able to hear God every single you know, Now, there are times you miss God, but it's a growing process. You know, like my kids, you know, they're little. They disobey me. I talk, I talk, I, you know, I tell them. But after a while, they start getting a little bit older. They know my voice. They know daddy means business. So they know I better pipe up and do what daddy said. But when they're little, sometimes they just keep running. You know, keep talking. Stop! Stop! Keep running. 
don't do that. And they just keep on, you know. There comes a point in time that if they, if they get really smart and they start listening for my voice and they keep listening, keep listening, they're going to catch it. And they're going to know automatically what daddy wants. And they'll know when there's somebody that's trying to lead me outside the fold because they spend time. They, they know a stranger's voice. See, they're trained. They hear it in the spirit. Number six. No, number five. He fills us. We got to move quickly here because I don't want to take too much time. He, he fills us. In Ephesians 5.18, I won't have you turn there. You can just write it down. It says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine. Nobody drunk with wine. Hallelujah. Look at the neighbor and say, that's past life. Or look at the neighbor again and say, it should be past life. <laughs> so the, the Holy Spirit fills us. He said, be, you know, uh, in police work, we call it the, the, a, a, a dip. It means drunk in public. And so whenever we see what we call a dip, you know, they had certain characteristics. Bloodshot eyes, slurred speech. Strong odor of alcohol. What you want? you want? How you doing? Drunk with wine. But he said, look, don't you be drunk with wine. We need to be drunk with the Spirit. See, when you get drunk with the Spirit, there's the characteristics of the Holy Spirit that will begin to come out of your life. So God wants us to be drunk with the Holy Spirit. He wants us to be in full control of the Holy Spirit. See, every time, watch this. See, every time we say be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, be filled. When he say be filled, that means he's giving you a command, which means you have the choice of how filled you want to be with the Holy Spirit. So you can say, okay, Lord, I'm going to surrender to you in this area of my life. But right here, for right now, where I am, give me a second. Okay, you can do that, but you're not being filled with the Holy Spirit because you're missing out. But when you come to a point, you say, okay, everything God reveals to you, and God says, I want you not to do this, don't do this, then you need to come to a place, okay. Every time you do that, you're being filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled. Be in control. Be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit have his way in your life, even if it feels uncomfortable because it's the best thing for you. He produces, number six, he produces fruit in our life. Now, now look, at, look at Galatians chapter five. This is good. <laughs> Galatians chapter five. All right, Galatians chapter number five. Now, Somebody may say to me, well, Pastor, how do I know when I'm walking in the spirit? And how do I know when I'm walking in the flesh? I'm glad y'all asked. I can tell y'all just couldn't wait to get that answer. So I, I got it for you right here. Hallelujah. <laughs> Galatians chapter 5, verse, verse 16. We'll start reading in verse 16. Watch this. I say then, walk in the what? Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the what? How many know you got some lust in your flesh? For the flesh lusts against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary or they are against one another. So that you do not do the thing that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, now he's going to give it to you. So I really want to, will you please show me when I'm walking in the flesh versus spirit? Okay, here it is. The works of the flesh are evident. Here it is. Adultery. Fornication. Having sex outside of marriage. Uncleanliness. Lewdness, pervertedness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred. I hate you. Contentious. Always ever mess about. Always want to fight. This is always contentious. Every time they come in the room, everybody want to blow up at each other. Jealous. Outbursts of wrath. Can't control your temper. Selfish ambitions. All about you. Dissensions and heresies. Envy, murders, and drunkenness, and revilings, and, and, and the like. 
of which I tell, I tell you beforehand, just as, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that's a whole separate message. I ain't even go there. But the fruit of the Spirit, well, now, now, here, now, here's where most of us are. Just about all of us are right here. Here we are. Because I experienced it this morning. I feel the love. See, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. I mean, I'm patient. I got a lot of patience. Kind, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. You got self-control. Against such, there is no law. So what he's saying is when you and I submit to the Holy Spirit, that's what comes out of our lives. Goodness, grace, you know, uh, we, we're just patient. We're patient with each other. We're loving each other. We ain't trying to, we ain't fighting. We ain't jealous over one another. We, we don't get into all that because we feel with the spirit. And when you get filled with the spirit, that's going to be love and joy and peace. That's just going to be coming out of your life. Every time I hook up with it, it's just a spirit of peace. Right? <laughs> Amen. Number seven, we only got two more and we're done. Number seven, he gives supernatural gifts. Look at the first Corinthians chapter 12, verses seven through 11. I think you have it there. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit to another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit uh, to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by the same spirit. Uh, to another, the working of miracles. How many believe in miracles? Amen. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. Come on, they're speaking in tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So every, you see, don't ever try to operate outside of your gift. Don't come up here talking about you can sing and you know you can't sing. <laughs> Kill somebody in here. <laughs> you know, you know, well, I like that gift. That gift looks like it's pretty cool. Don't be trying to come here and preach if you know you can't preach. Come on. Stay with what you know. <laughs> See, I like it. I like what it said. It says God has given everybody a gift as it pleased him, as he will. So the Holy Spirit also gives, watch this, every Christian has a spiritual gift. Every one of you have a gift. Well, Pastor, I don't know what my gift is. Well, you better get busy. You better start serving. Sir. Well, you know, one of the ways I found out what my gift was, I just got involved. I just served. What do you mean? I'm just a servant. I'm laying down my life. And boy, I discovered real quick what my gift was. I, I discovered real quick what my gift wasn't either. <laughs> it goes two ways. <laughs> You learn some things, you start just kind of, you know, coming together, being around people. You know, you get to learn real quick where you are. But God has gifted every believer. If you're saying, I, you know, I don't know what my spiritual gift is, then, then, then you need to find out because the Holy Spirit gives you a gift. If you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, he's gifted you to do something. And don't sit on your gift and deprive the church of what God has given you to build up the church. Some of you got multiple gifts. You got about 15, 20 gifts. The God has made you multi-gifted. Just do it. Look at the neighbor and say, just do it. Just do your gift. Operate in your gift. Then lastly, this is, this is the big one. This is the last one. He empowers for ministry. Look at Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter number 1. Now, now I want you to I want you to understand this because I think it is it is so important that we understand 
there's a difference between regeneration. When God saves you, all of us are given the Holy Spirit. But, you know, it's a whole different thing when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Oh, there we go, Pastor. He's talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't believe that. Okay, then don't believe it. <laughs> I'm just, just going to read what the Word says. Then, you know, you just talk to God and say, God, I don't believe it. And then see how, see how well that goes with him. <laughs> so I just, I just read the Word. So look what it says here. Now, now here's what you got to understand. Now, write this down because I don't have time to turn there. But in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 20, 22, Jesus was with the disciples. He breathed on them, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. So they had been with him for three years. They had been trained. They had been educated. They had been taught with, you know, with him. He taught them and trained them everything they needed to know. So you would think that after Jesus left, that I'm ready for ministry, baby. I'm equipped. I got all the knowledge I need. And after all, Jesus, he breathed on me. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. So I know already that I have the Holy Spirit in me. But there's a strange, something strange happened here in, in Acts chapter number one. Look at, I'll start reading in verse number four. And being assembled, watch this, and being assembled together. Now all the disciples, right? With them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from here. Now, wait a minute. I thought I already had the Holy Spirit. What is he talking about? Come on. Watch this. And he says, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, when will the time, this time, uh, when, uh, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But watch this. Look at verse number 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, what, now watch this. Now what is he saying? Now he's saying, look. With all your education and everything, you know, uh, you know, I, I know you spend time with me. I understand all that. But you, can, you ain't ready for ministry yet. Right. Amen. See, there are a lot of Christians that, that, that are saved, but they ain't never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. They, they're dry. Now, I can say that with confidence because I lived a dry life. I was the, Listen, I knew my theology inside out, but there was nothing charismatic about me at all. I was about as dry as they came. I sit in there, they talk about prayer for somebody. I don't believe that. <laughs> Brother, you just got to persevere, endure that sickness. <laughs> God put that on you. <laughs> People, I mean, I'm just saying. So, so I've been there. But Judas said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you. So don't think that you're going to be able to go out there and change people's lives and witness and have a major influence if you don't get baptized in the Holy Spirit. He said, look, y'all need to sit here and wait. You can't go nowhere. I would have been like, what are you talking about, Jesus? I've been with you for all these. What's, what are you talking about? No, you need the Holy Spirit need to come on. You need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, now you're ready. But I'm just going to read. Don't turn there, but listen to this. In, in, in chapter 2, watch this. He says, when the day of Pentecost has fully come. Look at the name. He said, fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. Watch this. And suddenly, somebody say suddenly. They came from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house. And they were sitting where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire. 
and one sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And in one room, they were all together, and the Holy Spirit fell, and all of a sudden, here's what I want you to remember. You remember Peter? Lord, I will never deny you. I mean, everybody else, you know, they, 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 they're going to walk away from you, but me, <laughs> I'm different than everybody else. See, I will never, ever deny you. No way, Jesus. Hey, this guy is running. Do you know him? I don't know him. Peter started cussing. I swear. Don't know him. Now, it's that same Peter that got baptized in the Holy Ghost. He stands up and gives a sermon. How many people get saved? Come on. This dude was not too long ago running, scared to death. But see, when he got baptized in the Holy Ghost, there was a power and authority that came over his life that he did not have before. Y'all don't believe me, do you? Look at 1 Corinthians. You have 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Watch this. Paul says, and our brethren, watch this, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. When I came to you, oh, I love this, did not come to you with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. Now, Paul said in one place, he said, I, look, I got all the accolades that one could ever have. He said, I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisee. I'm educated. I got it all. I had it all together. But Paul said, look, when I came to you, I didn't come trying to impress you with big words. I didn't, I didn't sit back and try to study, try to think of the, the, the most fanciest words to try to impress you with my speaking. In fact, when I was around you, I was in fear and in trembling. He said, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. For I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. But watch this. And my speech and my preaching was were not with persuasive word of human wisdom. You preachers, y'all need to hear this. But in demonstration of power, demonstration of the spirit and of power, hallelujah, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul, you hear what Paul said? Paul said, look, I didn't come to you with trying to impress you. I just came in the power of the Holy Ghost. You want to know how Paul was able to establish all those churches and write the third of the New Testament? Baptizing the Holy Ghost. He said, I didn't come to you so you can keep all your awards. I got them all. He said, I don't even talk about that. He said, because Paul said, in fact, all of my awards and my accolades, they're dumb. See, you can go to theological seminary, and you, can, and you should do that. Nothing wrong with that. But you got to understand something. It ain't about how much you know. Amen. You need the Holy Spirit. Because you can know a whole lot, but you can still just know a whole lot, and nobody gets saved, nobody gets changed, and you got no power to move nothing. You see? This lamp is effective because it's plugged up. See, you don't want to be a lamp that just got it all there, but no power in that thing. Plug this baby up. Already. Are, are you with me? So we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, some people say, oh, well, you know, I just, you know, somebody, I don't believe in that speaking in tongue stuff. Then what are you doing if you ain't speaking in tongue? Because when they got back, listen, it was, say what you want to say, but, Mm-mm-mm. I'll just write these down. Uh, Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. I'm going to read that in your spare time. Acts 4, 2. And Acts 10, 44 through 48. And what you will discover there, and you, you read those verses there, is that oftentimes when they got baptized in the Holy Ghost, they begin to declare the praise of God, and they begin to speak with other tongues. 
Now, some people go, oh, you know, Pastor, you know, you, you know uh, some, some people say, well, you know, you, in order to be saved, you got to speak in tongues. No, we ain't saying that. That's not true. But what we do know, what is our pattern in Scripture, when they got baptized in the Holy Ghost, they started speaking in tongues. I mean, they fire baptized, and then, you know what? And they got busy. You don't get filled with the Holy Spirit sitting on your rump. You get busy, hallelujah. God don't fill you with the Holy Spirit. Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. For what? What do you want to do? God, just fill me. Fill me. Fill me. For what? Because you're asking God to fill you, you got to be saying, I need to get up and go. Because when God filled them with the Holy Ghost, those jokers were moving. They were laying hands on people, getting people saved, getting people delivered. They were preaching the gospel. Boy, stuff was happening. They were changing their whole environment. You can't, you cannot do no ministry. You can't have a real effect as a believer. You ain't getting mad down no spirit. You saved. This is a good thing. You need to be there. But you got to get baptized, baby, in the Holy Ghost. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed.